up, what's up? How y'all doing, man? Y'all watching my new show, Behind the Beats, man. Oh, man, it's going great, man. I'm here. I'm here. I'm the first one to be here at the wonderful Crazy Vegan, man. Yes. What's going on, man? I'm here with my special, my special good friend and my special guest, Mr. Big Lip, man. Lip, how you doing, man? How you doing, 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 It's been a long time, man. Lip, how long do you think we knew each other for? Uh, 21 years. Wow. It'll be 21 years in October. Yeah. I remember when I met you. Definitely, man. Yeah. Lip, I've always looked up to you because you've always been that confident figure. You always, like, I mean, like, we was kids going to parties. This nigga Big Lip was looking to buy a house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like the, the things Big Lip was doing was so before his time and, like, his mind was just in building. That's why you gotta respect the entrepreneurship of brothers like Big Lip, man, you know? So Lip, man, like, what inspired you to get into radio? Um, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. So it's been a long journey. So basically, I started DJing at like 14 years old. And I was doing a whole bunch of parties in Philly. In and Philly, and okay. Philly, born and raised in Philadelphia. So I'm doing a whole bunch of parties, doing a whole bunch of stuff. And then um, in 1992, uh, a guy named Colby Cole, who's actually the vice president of Radio One. Oh, he's big. Okay. He's big yeah. time. I follow oh, him on Instagram. Yeah. Colby yeah. Cole was producing a night show in Philly, a guy named Golden Boy. And I was doing so many parties in Philadelphia. Yeah. And he called me up. He had a guest spot on a Wednesday night. It was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving in 1992. i never forget it. And he was like, hey, listen, come on up to the radio station and do a guest mix, mix tonight. But don't fuck up. Yeah. Dude, I was scared as fuck, man. So you're saying the first time... Big Lip actually did radio was as a DJ. At 17 years old. That's the, wow. a lot of people don't understand this. I started at 17 years old, okay? That was the first time I ever hit the radio. And I was also blessed enough to be on the show college tour. The show college tour was back in 1984 with Method Man, Red Man, Onyx, Eric Sherman, and Biggie yeah. Smalls. Yeah. I DJed that tour. It was a 15 wow. city like, college tour. I was so in 12th I, grade. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I've been like a lot of people think that I just was always an announcer, but I actually started off as a radio, as, as, a, as a DJ, as actually as a mixer. Wow. You know, and how everything changed, which is really a true story. You can verify it with DJ Khaled. I got hired when I came at 99 Jams, but back in 2000, they hired me as a DJ and as a on-air personality. Wow. You know why? I had a whole garage full of crates, and back then we had crates. I didn't have no Dubois. Literally. <laughs> Khaled and Ailey cleaned out my garage for all my records. Wow. They were saying, no, bro, just go ahead and just be an announcer. That's all I wanted to do at that point anyway. Yeah. And that's when I stopped DJing until I started mixing again yeah. years later. So, so segue, that's my history. segue into my next question. When did you know you wanted to be a radio personality? Dude, this is the honest to God truth. I knew I wanted to be a radio personality. I was um, DJing at a club called Trocadero in Philly. Okay. okay? This is probably back in... Um, 1993, yeah, about 93. I was DJing there because I was going to go into sports broadcasting. Yeah. So I was, I DJed, I DJed the um, the event that I was doing, and I literally hooked up some 25, 26 year old chick in the DJ booth. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus, I want to be a DJ. I don't care. I mean, literally, I'm no no BS. I know this sounds crazy, yeah. but I was like, all the women like these dudes. You get to control the crowd. Yeah. I was like, I'm controlling this crowd of a thousand people. These chicks are all over me. I'm 18 years old. It just, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a sports broadcaster. Yeah. I want to be a DJ. And yeah. I was playing football, anything, I, everything. I was into sports, you know? So yeah. that's that's how I transitioned into being a radio announcer. No, so give me a rundown, right? Let's go from station to station. 
Station number one, you started at. All right, station number one, I started at uh, Power 99 in Philly. Okay. Station number two, Philly 103.9. Okay. Station number three, WDAS. Okay. Philly After, two. And Philly two. Okay. After WDAS, I graduated college. I went to Magic 101.3 in Gainesville, Florida. Okay. And then after Magic 101.3 in Gainesville, Florida, I went to. Um, I ended up in South Carolina. Okay. Which is a whole nother story. <laughs> Don't ask me how I ended up in South Carolina. Life got bad, bro. Yeah. Man, I'm talking about like homeless, like everything. Wow. I was homeless at a point in my life. Damn. People don't understand that. And the thing was is that I literally got a, uh, a membership to a gym in order to take showers in the morning. Yeah. Because, and I could have went back home in Philly, but I'm the dude that was the class president that yeah. was all over the radio and I'm sleeping in my 94 Honda Accord. I was too embarrassed yeah. to talk to my family about it. So what I did was I just I just thugged it out. So yeah. that was part of my story. But then you know I went to uh, South Carolina um, and I got on the radio there and I was DJing at my cousin's strip club, which was a hole in the wall, the, the most depressing point of my life. Okay, <laughs> so I went there and then I ended up in Greensboro, North Carolina. After Greensboro, North Carolina, I ended up at 99 Jams. Yeah. After 99 Jams, I went to Power 96. Yeah. I was at Power 96 and did mornings there for eight years. Yeah, yeah. Power 96. I forgot about that. It's so funny. Black people <laughs> funny because black people be like, where you been at? Let, yeah. I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. But black people ain't listening to Power 96. Yeah, I, so, forgot, I forgot you did Power, yeah, so 96. I Power 96. I really forgot about and that. And then because after I left there, I had a non-compete cause. Yeah. So I left there and went to the west coast of Florida. Okay. And I was there for a year. And yeah. then I came back to Hot 105. Wow. So people don't understand this. So that's like almost 10 different stations we just named. But wait, here's the crazy thing. I'm going to tell you how God works, man. I was so committed on what I wanted to do. I went through, no lie, in a year and a half, I lived in five different cities from 1998 to about mid-1998 yeah. until 2000. I lived in five different cities, wow. worked at five different radio stations. I didn't get fired. I just kept leaving and jumping and jumping because I wanted to follow my dream. Yeah. Most people don't don't have that kind of perseverance and where I would show up in the city, find a place to live and just do what I need to do. Yeah. Because I was following my dreams because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But a lot of people don't understand that. Like you have to be committed to what you believe in because there's nobody that's not successful that didn't have a story. Okay. And that was just part of my story. Yeah. And yeah, I'm say, I had my son when I was 16 years old. Yeah. So my baby mama is stressing me out. My sisters, you know, cause they all in cahoots. You ain't no hell, man. So, you know, I'm sitting here talking about family. I'm like, they think I'm crazy, man. Yeah. But that was me following my dreams. That was yeah. part of my struggle. See, see, I didn't know, because usually when people do radio, they, they like have another hustle or have another this. The story you're telling me is like, that's all you did. What was I, radio? Yeah. That's all I did for a time being because people gotta understand this. You can't be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Yes. I master radio, and the reason why I master radio is so I can, you know, get into other things. Okay. The problem with a lot of people in this world, they like to do three, four, five, six, seven different things. Yeah. And then that's the point that where they spread themselves thin, thin and yeah. they did so much, but they haven't accomplished shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes me, that doesn't impress me. Yeah. The dude that told me I did this, I own this, I own that, I did it. Yeah. That don't impress me. You know I, I know you have some other entrepreneurs though, because you're doing like construction or something. I did construction too, but it okay. goes back to what I was saying. So it's a true story. So how I ended up in construction, because you know I was doing construction. I literally yeah. built 385 units yeah. in the Papano Beach. Yeah. Did the floor. <laughs> and I don't know nothing about construction. <laughs> I don't know shit. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you what happened. True story. So in 1998, yeah. I left. But um, I left 99 Jams because, you know, the market was bad. They yeah. were bringing in a syndicated show. 
You know, they let me go. I had the lowest point of my life. But a month before they let me go, a young lady called up and said, hey, what do you know about construction? I was like, nothing. She said, well, I need minority contractors. So what do you need to do to be a minority contractor? She sent me the paperwork. I just filled it out. Yeah. I had some Mexicans at my house <laughs> doing my floors. It's a true story. Yeah. I said, how much did I pay you? They said, $100. And they said, if I pay you $150, will you work for me? They were like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I kept their number. Dude, a month and a half after I got fired, I applied for a contract with the city of Papadum. He said, Mr. Chisholm, do you want this contract? I said, yeah. They were like, okay, well, come see us. It was a $1.5 million contract. Wow. Bro, I know shit I was doing, though. <laughs> I went to that meeting. Yeah. No lie, BB. And when I went up there, I saw the guy. I did my research. I looked, at him, looked him up on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. I saw that he was a Gator fan. I instantly became a Gator fan. Because he was in Gainesville doing radio, too. So yeah, he, I yeah. Like, but I don't like the Gators. <laughs> I went there. Man, listen. I talked about the Gators. I talked about his kids. Yeah. I talked, we didn't even talk about construction. Yeah. He was so impressed. He handed me a $1.2 million contract. Wow. Just like that. Just like that. God is I good. Had, you know what I, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. What I did in radio helped me to create other relationships. Yes, yes. To go and get that construction project. Yes. And because I had credibility, I was able to bring other people in yeah. to help me out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But during that time, it was such a stressful period because to be honest with you, you, BB, I was on food stamps back in 2008. Wow. I was on. Bro, you, you, you hit a lot of stuff well because every time I saw you lip, you was, you was confident. You always had a nice car. You always. Because I believed in myself and I believed in God. Yeah. Listen to me. I was on food stamps. Yeah. For over a year doing this construction project. Wow. Because I know, because the money didn't come like that. You the had to. The money didn't come like yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, this is a really true story. That's why I tell people all the time, you got to believe yeah. in what you want to do. And you put your faith in God, everything's going to happen. I'm not no super duper religious person, but yeah. I believe in faith. So what happened was, the true story, I coached football. Yeah. I'm driving to my football game. I literally grabbed Mexicans from Home Depot, yeah. Nova, and other dudes that I knew to lay for it on a, on a $1.2 million contract and I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. My, my, and I literally, I had like about 60 grand in the bank, all of it exhausted. Yeah. I had payroll. i never forget the number. It was for $7,823 for one freaking week. It was two days before payroll. I was driving my car in the corner, 172nd and Sheridan. I'm depressed. I'm at the light. I said, God, you gotta help me. No lie. Five seconds later, my phone rang. It was one of the parents from my football team. He said, he said, Coach Alex, what's going on? I said, man, I'm stressing out. We're going to practice. And I said, what's going on? I said, I got a construction project. And I just, I said, listen, I did construction for years. Come see me. I went to go see him, baby. Yeah. I sat down. I talked to him. Bro, I started crying like little kid, like Biggie Smalls funeral. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus. I can't. I don't have no more money. And literally, him and his wife looked at me. They left out of the room. Dog. They... They came up with a contract the next day. They wanted 20% of my contract and gave me $100,000. Oh my gosh, Lip. They gave me a hundred grand. And to tell you how honest I am, I spent none of that money on myself. That's why I was on food stamps. I used it to supplement my project. Yeah. And I supplemented my project, and that's how I was able to get back on my feet. Yeah. People don't know my story, bro. Yeah. They, 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 they see what I do and this, that, and the other, but it's yeah. all about a struggle. Yeah. And it's all about believing in yourself and putting. And if you put your faith in the universe and put your faith in God, everything is possible. I believe that. I really do believe that. But it starts with your confidence and, so, well, and your exactly. and your level. And, and it segue into the next question. Like, did Big Lip have a mentor? Um, 
You can say it's God. Well, my, yeah, you well, my, my mentor is God, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I take everybody I consider my friend. Yeah. As a mentor to me. Okay. Because if I consider you my friend, it's something about you that I admire. Yeah. And I'm not just saying it because you're sitting in front of me. I admire a lot of things I've seen you do as a young brother over the years. Yeah. I admired a lot of things that I seen Khaled do. Yes. You know, Khaled, Khaled was swimming in the pool with my yeah. kids. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I watch, like, E-Class. I consider him a friend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, Freezy. I look at, you know, just, you know, Jerry Russian. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Who's pulled so much life into me. You know, like, even like Kobe Cole, who I mentioned to you. Yes, you know, no, that's like, a big guy. That's a yeah. big guy. So, you know, there are, there are so many people that I've come... And, and contact like with, with over the years and take a little like, piece like, up from like everybody i look at what he do i look at his drive like he don't just do music he yeah to the restaurant game get in the business game yeah you know what i mean i look at flow dog i watch flow like do his little fitness thing his hands on this so everybody is my mentor who i'm in contact with yeah because in order to be successful you got to be a good thief yeah <laughs> you got to take something from everybody yeah in order to be successful yeah and i'm extremely humble and i listen to people because yeah. it could be a younger cat you're a little bit younger than me yeah. it could be a younger cat that could do something and say, you know what i like what he just did right there yeah. you know what i'm saying i'm gonna take a little piece of that and do my own thing yeah. and that's the only thing it is you know I have a lot of people that's my mentor. No, definitely, definitely. How do you say Big Lip being versatile helped you along the way? Because you're like so many different things, Lip. Mm. Like, like, how did you do it, being well, versatile? I, I did it because I just have so much faith. See, the, the thing is, that it's, it's about confidence in yourself. Yeah. That's, that's what it's about. I did so many things because if I put my mind to it, I'm going to do it. And whenever I commit myself to I just don't ever have a plan B. Yeah. And I explain to people, when you have a plan B, you never give enough energy into your plan A. Yeah. So I never had a backup plan. So yeah. whenever I jump into things, I just jump into them. It's not that I'm, I'm super versatile. It's yeah. that if I believe in something, I just go all in. Yeah. And that's, and, that, and that's what it is. How do you think, like Brandon Big Lip, right? Mm. What, did you, what do you think you did differently than anyone else to really, to make you remember you? Like remember Big Lip, like you know what um, what what did you do, like in all those different Phillies and Fort Myers, people still talk about you, and all these different places still talk about you. What did what what, what was it about you? What being, is it about you? Being yourself. Being yourself. Period of the story. Okay. A lot of people run around in this world trying to be somebody that that they uh, that people perceive you that they want you to be. Yeah. I'm gonna give you two really really good examples. Okay. Okay. Even though I'm not a supporter of this person, yeah. I can't stand him. Yeah. Donald Trump won the presidency by being himself. That is true. If anybody ever said that, you could say, "Listen, think about this: Who the hell can have three, three baby mamas <laughs> and say on camera, I grab bitches by the pussy <laughs> and they elect the president because he believed in himself?" Yeah. I was a follower of Cardi B yeah. when she had 5,000 followers because I thought she was the most ratchet, funniest chick ever. Wow. Two, two years later, I turned around. She's the biggest thing. She's the biggest freaking thing. Yeah. But she was herself. She performed at the Grammys looking like she was about to eat somebody's coochie. Yeah. She's herself. Yeah. She says whatever she wants. And that's who I am. I don't try to be anybody else. 
but me. Yeah. And when you when you're authentic like that, dog, everything else falls into place. No, no, I completely agree. Cause you, the way you move, even in Miami, I haven't seen not one radio personality be ever to jump to so many different stations and stay cool with everybody. You know what I'm saying? The everybody. way you do. <laughs> it's because I am what you see is what you get. It's yeah. So when I went to Power Night at six, JP. Who uh, did mornings with me? Yeah. Last dude. Yeah, man. very nice guy. Very nice guy. He said to me, he was like, "Lip, I thought you was fake." <laughs> he told me straight up. He said, yeah. "I thought you was fake." Yeah. He said, "I thought you were fake as hell." He was like, "I didn't." He was like, "I didn't think." Why is this guy always happy? Yeah. This dude fake as shit. He said, "As I got to know you, he was like, that is who you are. Yeah. That is who I am. Yeah. I'm straight wrong. Don't get I got a temper too, but the thing is that." I'm very, very honest, and I respect you. People. Do and I and I, I'm very, very forthright with people. Yeah. I don't talk down to people, even if I got a problem with you. I'm gonna pull you aside. We're gonna have a conversation. Yeah. I don't care if you're 15 years old, or if you're 50 years old, or if you're a thug, or you're a corporate motherfucker. Yeah. I'm gonna say how I feel. But no, I'm gonna definitely. Treat you with respect, and when you treat people with respect, dog, people treat you differently. Yeah, definitely. In the radio game, name me a couple, like people that you've interviewed and maybe one or two memorable ones that you'll never forget interviews oh, you've done. The main one is DMX. DMX, wow. R.I.P. DMX. The main DMX. one is nothing more paramount than that. Yeah. DMX sat in that studio in 99 Jams yeah. and lit up a freaking blunt. <laughs> At the way it says it. In the studio and he said, I said, dog, you gonna get me fired. He said, don't worry about it. I pay your salary. I pay it. Don't worry about my nigga. You're good. Don't worry about it. You're good. I bet. I bet. That's and crazy. He just broke down. Like, that man was so intelligent. You yes, he is. Yes, he, he is. He's super intelligent, man. He broke down so much knowledge. And he actually, and it's the only time it ever happened, and I can say it now, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. He got me high on the air. <laughs> I was talking to Brinks and everything, you know what I'm saying? But it was, it was just crazy. Yeah. Like, I've never, ever had an interview and anybody that was that down to earth yeah and the other uh interview that was down to earth that anybody i ever met was lionel richie lionel richie wow that's a big one what station you was on i was on 99 jams but he wow. was coming doing a cut remember back in that time 99 jams was an urban station yeah. 1834 it was younger and but you know they still had the respect of the old and it was he was doing some type of concert or something down here yeah. it was him and chucky booker okay and it's and chucky booker was on the piano and that was the most yeah i love chucky booker man yeah that was the most yeah. memorable those are the two most memorable experiences yeah. in terms of interviews in my radio career no definitely definitely man lip you got so much I, I, I can see you being like a program director or some shit like no, do, do, i didn't i didn't peep I it i have no desire but you got so much radio knowledge man yeah, i'm blessed dog but the thing is that people got to understand where their talent is yeah I love being on the air. Yeah. I love what I do on radio. Yeah. I really, really love it, man. I have no desire to be a programmer right now. Okay. To run a radio station, <laughs> to be there for nine to five, because that's not my gift. Yeah. My gift is to entertain. Entertain, people. yes. My gift is being an entrepreneur. Yes. You know what I'm saying? James T said the real estate to me. He said, "To who much is given, much is required." Yes. So I'm not. I've been given a lot. So I'm going to put back into where my gifts are. Yes. I'm not, my gift isn't being a programmer. Director. That yes. That ain't what I do. Yeah. That ain't what I want to do. Yeah. I don't want to be in charge and babysit people and program music. You know uh, what I'm saying? No. Yeah. Give me my block that I'm going on the air. That's yeah. That's what I want to do. If y'all didn't know, you see how knowledgeable Big Lip is, man? Very, very knowledgeable, man. But you watching my new show, Behind the Beats, we'll be right back. 
We're going to talk about Big Lip's new venture, Crazy Vegan. We're going to meet his chef. We're going to take a look around the place. We're going to eat some food. We'll be right back behind the beats. Mr. Big Lips, sir, man. What's Mr. up? Big I don't got world famous money, but I appreciate the love. Oh, man, Lip, man. <laughs> you know, I've been knowing Big Lip for a very long time, you know, from the radio business, from the entrepreneurship business. But Big Lip, tell me about this brand new venture you have called The Crazy Vegan. Explain well, it to me. Explain okay. it to me. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you how this whole journey started literally back in 2011. Okay. 2011, I was in ICU on my deathbed to, wow. the, to, to the point that where they called my family to start making arrangements for me. True story, I was sitting there in Memorial. This is and this, this how the story went down. It's actually, it's, it's actually really, um, uh, it's the basis of how this whole brand came alive. So at that time I was about 230, 240 pounds. Wow. High blood pressure, cholesterol was high. I was a borderline diabetic. I was coaching a football game, because you're not coach football for years. Yeah. I was coaching a football game, and I was out there drinking, and when I left, I went to Philly for my niece christening. So I got on a plane, I went to sleep. It was raining a little bit, my clothes were a little bit damp, no big deal, it was after the football game. Got to Philly, was there for the week, and I was sick as hell, fever of 103. Had a fever the whole weekend. I was literally holding my niece during her christening, with a, uh, with a fever of 102 degrees. Wow. So the whole weekend I was sick. Got back to South Florida and I was throwing up on a plane. The lady was like, oh, well, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm just sick. They was about to call the ambulance and no, I'm good. So I caught a cab to my car. And when I got to my car, I drove, I'd only made it to, to the Sheridan exit. I pulled over on the side of the road. I called one of my good friends named Chance who coached with me. He said, you sound like shit. He was like, I'm gonna come pick you up, pick Lil Alex up, my son from school, yeah. and I'm gonna take you to the hospital. I'm like, I don't wanna go to the hospital, you go to the hospital. Went to the hospital, got there. The minute I walked in there, they took me straight to the back. Got to the back, I sat there, and they were like, uh, put your head between your legs. I was like, what you want me, something wrong? They, I didn't know what the fuck they was talking about, right? And so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, whatever, right? So, you know, I did that, and then they came in, and they, 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 they put a, a needle in my spine, they pulled it out, and like 10 minutes later, I'm sitting there, I'm at Memorial, right there on 172nd and, um, and uh, Miramar Parkway. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I see these like little blue lights go off. And I was like, damn, somebody fucked up. It was me, dog. So they came in there, and you remember E.T.? Yeah. At the end, where they had, where he was in the box, and they had the, the whole hazmat suits and all, that's how they came in there with me. To make the long story short, I had meningitis. Wow. I had meningitis. They took me into respiratory isolation. Only thing I know is that they was putting all this stuff in me, and then I woke up the next morning, dog. No lie. When I woke up the next morning, I knew I was messed up, BB, because it was about seven people from my church. Okay, God bless G.B. Lewis, our pastor at the time, at Antioch, the associate pastor. They were standing around my bed. I woke up like, Aah! I had to shit in my mouth. I, I thought I was yeah. dying, dog. Listen, so to make a long story short, 
my 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 organs were failing. Yeah. They call even called my family to at least start making arrangements for them. No lie, it's in September 2011. Yeah. And I made it out. I was in ICU for seven days. The doctor told me. He said, "You got high blood, Alex. You're overweight. Your cholesterol is high." He was like, "So what happened was that broke down your immune system." So when that broke down my immune system, he said it's equivalent to you going out of town and putting on Facebook that. I'm out of town, come rob me. He said, that's what the germs and bacteria do to your system. Yeah. He said, he said you had no defense. Yeah. And then you got on a plane, but it's because you're so unhealthy. And after that day, I just started changing my diet. I started working out. About two years later, I completely cut the, the, the meat out. And then I just learned to like eat without eating meat. But once I cut meat out, everything disappeared, mm. BB. Yeah. Everything, my high blood, my cholesterol, I lost 20 pounds just from cutting meat out. Yeah. Everything disappeared. Yeah. Because the thing is that the meat that we eat, most of us eat, is so processed. Yeah. That's People think that sugar, we grew up thinking sugar caused diabetes. It ain't sugar, yeah. it's the meat. Because our body can't break down the food and the red blood cells, so that's what causes the diabetes. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So once I did all of that, I said, man, I just felt different. Yeah. I was able to move different. Baby, I have not had a cold. Literally, I had, I've had the flu one time in the last 13 years. Wow. All after I cut meat out of my diet. So, you know, I always cook. I was like, you know, you know I can cook. Cause I didn't of cook course. Meat. I could cook my ass off. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, man, you know, everybody's like, you need to open up a restaurant, lip, but I never took it seriously. Cause I was open up a barbecue restaurant, but every nigga would have a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> so I ain't like that. So, it was nothing special about yeah. that. So, how I got to this, um, about uh, a year and a half ago, a brother came to me, who his name is, and he said, Hey, look, I need some, I need some help with my restaurant. So I went to go help him out. This is that the other said, I'll make you a partner, I'll give you this percentage, just help me out, blah, 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 blah. His restaurant was dying. It's not that the brother didn't have a good concept. Yeah. It's just because he didn't understand how to do business. Yeah. I know how to do business. 100%. My construction company, my marketing yeah. company, I know how to do business. So I was able to go in there and understand the business, revamp it to the point that where we were making a great profit. Yes. Long story short. Just black folks, it's hard for us to work together. Beat me for like about 20 grand. Wow. I was about to do, like I literally lost it. And the person that taught me off the ledge was Chef Teach. Chef Teach, wow. From Teach Mac and Cheese. Yeah. I talked to that brother for about 30 minutes and he was just like, I was telling him about my problems and what I was going through and he started laughing at me. He was like, look, what if he lost 400 grand? That's what I just lost in a situation and he had this, that, and the other. And wow. when he talked to me, he was like, just keep it moving. That's Don't it. worry about it. Let him have it. It ain't yeah. worth the aggravation. It ain't worth you doing nothing to him. Just go ahead and let him have it. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You're right. So one thing led to another. And because of that situation, I was blessed with opportunity. I had some cash. I said, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I said, I understand marketing. Yeah. I understand the food. So. The thing was that I got with my with my chef, uh, Chef Biggs, who actually worked at another restaurant, you know, DJ that I was on, you know, yeah. I was doing it, I was DJing it all the time, and he was always coming to my restaurant because he's a vegan. Yeah. And and he said, whenever you want to do something, dog, let me know. And I'm gonna tell you about this brother. This brother literally took a leap leap of faith, left his situation, not even knowing we were gonna open. Left the situation and says, I'm gonna rock out with you. Yeah. Look out for me, and I said, you know what, dog? I said, I'm gonna make you my partner. Yeah. Let me get through all of this. No, let me nice. get through. Let me, let me, just let me get my, my, 
recuperate my freaking funds and I say, and we gonna be good. That brother stepped out on faith. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He believed in me, I believed in him, yeah. and I had the concept, he had the concept, we put it all together, and then we say, you know what? It's the crazy vegan. No, definitely. And that's what we wanna do, and I, and I just, and I roll with it because I understand that the world is moving towards plant-based. Yes. And the thing is, is that, the problem that I had being vegan is that most vegan food tastes like shit. That is true. And I was not gonna open up a spot that said, I'm gonna feed you brown rice and carrots. Yeah. That's not what I do. Yeah. You know what I'm, I'm black, dog. I don't yeah. know you know I'm black. So I was like, we gotta have we gotta have real food. So we haven't even like there's things that we're gonna do, like yeah. soul food Sundays with our with our vegan fried chicken and our collard greens and our baked mac and cheese. We got all of that mastered. You wow. know what I'm saying? So what we did was we created a vegan fast food concept that where everybody can appreciate. You don't have to uh, be vegan to appreciate this. Like, you're not vegan. You just yeah. ate that food. Tell it the truth. Delicious. I can't even tell and that you, was and, and you don't feel nasty nah. afterwards. I can't tell that wasn't a Philly cheese steak. I can't tell that wasn't a burger. Absolutely. That, that was all delicious. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I try to explain to people. So that's how we came up with this whole crate with the crazy vegan. And listen, it's a lot of great entrepreneurs. But my biggest problem that I have with our community is that we killing our people. You're right. You know, everywhere we go is a church's chicken. Yeah. It's a fried chicken place. It's a fried something place. We killing people, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like fried ribs and all kinds of crazy stuff, dog. Yeah. And it ain't no disrespect to nobody, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But the, and there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but that's the things that that literally kill us. And our the arteries. Our arteries and everything yeah. else. So it's like, man, can't you eat good and have a healthier option? Why can't you, why is it always freaking the worst fast food places in our neighborhoods. Yeah. That's what it is. And so people you're understand saying, they can eat good, yeah. eat good without dying. So Big Lip is about this vegan lifestyle for real. For All real. about it 100%, but the thing is that I'm about the lifestyle that you can eat vegan and not realize you're eating vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody can't just go vegan. I don't expect people to do that. Yeah. But at least you say, you know what? I'm gonna eat a little bit cleaner this weekend. Yeah. I'm gonna come get me a, a, a vegan burger from the crazy vegan. I'm gonna come get me a Philly cheesesteak from the crazy vegan. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm gonna come on these soul food Sundays when we start that up and come get me my vegan chicken and waffles. Yeah. I'm gonna so it's it's just it's just a, it's an alternative. As long as you can give people an alternative, eventually they want to start just living that lifestyle. Definitely. So when's the official, official grand opening of the Crazy Vegan? Saturday, May 1st. May 1st, definitely. Yes. What can we expect from the Crazy Vegan? Can you give me some um, stuff off the menu? Like Craziness? Of- well, just, I don't know even where to start. First of all, we have a bunch of burgers. We have a Crazy Cowboy Burger. The Crazy Cowboy Burger has vegan bacon, barbecue sauce, uh, and it has onion rings. Yeah. I think that's what I had. It was delicious. Disrespectful. Disrespectful. Yeah. The crazy classic. The crazy yeah. classic is our is our classic burger with you know our, our 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 signature sauce, our pickles, our lettuce, our tomatoes. Great freaking burger. Uh, grilled onions, and we have our crazy Karen. Yeah. Crazy Karen is our crazy our our basic our basic cheeseburger is plain as hell because some people just don't like a lot of stuff on it. You know what I'm saying? It just the has crazy Karen. Crazy Karen just has mustard, <laughs> tomatoes. Pickles, cheese, okay. Crazy Karen, plain okay. as plain as fuck. Okay? okay. And then also another burger that we have is um uh oh the craziest fuck. Okay. That's two patties yeah. with the grilled onions, the vegan bacon, yeah. our crazy sauce, our lettuce, tomatoes, and our pickles. Yeah. And we also have chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Well vegan chicken, which vegan is vegan chicken. I, vegan chicken. So we have two two sandwiches. We have the main chick which is an Atlas Monroe chicken. Now, Atlas Monroe, they were on Shark Tank, 
they have a great vegan chicken. They, they, they are number one like vegan chicken brand that they're selling across the country. But we, we have an account with them. So that's our main chick, okay? That's a really big chicken sandwich, okay? We call that the main chick. Yeah. But we only have that about once a month. Okay. But I go with the, the sandwich that we have all the time is the side chick, okay? <laughs> That's our smaller, our smaller patty. You know what I'm saying? It's good. It's here all the time. Now that the the side chick is not around when the main chick is around. So when we have the main chick, the There's side, no side chick. chick. Oh, okay. So then the side chicken sandwich is always here until the main chick shows up, and then we don't have the side chick anymore. You understand what I'm saying? Man, so guy. that's what it is. So everything on our menu is crazy. Yeah. Everything is crazy as hell. Yeah. So where's, where's Crazy Vegan located? I know we're here, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 645 West Hollandale Beach Boulevard. Okay. Um, Hollandale Beach, just east of 95 off yeah. of Hollandale Beach Boulevard, in the same plaza as the Wingstop. A lot of parking spaces. A lot of parking spaces. Actually, I don't think they have enough for us, but it's enough parking spaces. If not, you yeah. park in the back by the streets, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But that's where we're at. Definitely, definitely. So I want to go into, I know, COVID and all that stuff. Like, how did the pandemic treat you, Big Lip? The pandemic was, to be honest, because I have a business, it was a blessing to me. Okay. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I was able to, I was in a position where I was able to take advantage of COVID. But what hurt me is that it took me a year to open up this restaurant. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how COVID really hurt me in, yeah. in, in, in that aspect. Um, but I also lost a bunch of friends. Yeah. I lost my cousin. Oh, um, man. I lost oh. an uncle. I also lost two of my high school football buddies that I played football with in high school. So on, on an emotional side, it totally messed me up. Yeah. But on a financial side, it created a lot of opportunities. People understand through disasters, when you position yourself right, yes. through disasters, you can actually profit and able to prosper. And that's what I was able to do. Yeah. So it was a blessing to me, you yeah. know what I mean? Because I was able to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. A young 18-year-old Big Lips, um, what advice would you go back and give an 18 year old big lift? Um, if you could go back right now into time and get an 18 year old yourself, what would you sit down and tell that 18 year old? It's easy. Never let your emotions get involved in business. Okay. I'm gonna tell you the biggest thing. BD looking in my face right now. Every time you ever lost money, every time you ever got into a fucked up situation, is because you allow your emotions to get involved in business. Yes. Business is business. When you allow your emotions to get involved in business, yeah. you're always going to lose. Okay. I'm going to tell you a great story. My brother, who is a, um, who is a, my brother's a millionaire. Okay. My brother's a multi-millionaire, man. My little brother, he told me, he said, I don't allow emotions to get involved in business. That construction project that I was telling you about before, yeah. my brother gave me about $50,000. Yeah. You know what else he did? He sent me paperwork. <laughs> Your own brother. My own brother. I said, yo. I said, Steve, what are you doing? Yeah. I said, why do you? I said, why are you sitting? He said, Al. He said, what if you die? Yeah. What if you get locked up? Yeah. What if something messed up happened? Yeah. What if I die? What if I get locked up? What if something messed up happened? Yeah. I need to make sure that me and my kids and my family is protected. You need to make sure. Your, your, your kids and your family is protected. Yeah. This is just business, bro. Yeah. He said, I love you. He said, and I trust you. Yeah. That's why I'm able to give you this money. He yeah. was like, but it's business. It has nothing to do. He said, don't allow your emotions to get involved in business. BB, every time I lost money, I had one of my best friends 
beat on that same construction project, one of my best friends beat me for a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Because I never thought that they, they would do that to me. Because I allowed my emotions to get involved in business. I didn't have checks and balances. You allow your emotions to get involved in business, you're always going to lose, dog. A lot of times people call me cold-hearted or yeah. that I'm harsh. It's not that I'm cold-hearted or harsh. It's that I have zero emotions when it comes to business. business yeah. Zero emotions, dog. Because yeah. every time I allow my emotions to get involved, you always lose. It can come and date me. Yeah. Dating is a business decision. Yeah, it is. <laughs> dating is a business decision. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Dudes hold on to a woman that cost them money, not yeah. me. <laughs> it's business. It's business. You heard Big Lip? Everything business. is business. Everything you do is business, man. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time, man. Yeah. And guess what? And it's just certain people in life you can't do business with. That is true. They, they, you can have a really good friend. Though I got friends that I will give $10,000 to before I would do business with them. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. That's what it's about. Never allow emotions to get involved in business. That's what I would tell the 18 year old big man because I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars with allowing my emotions to get involved in business. Oh, well, they want to be all right. Oh, well, I know this will take care of this. Oh, oh no, he's my I'm friend. He's like, my friend. If it don't make dollars, it don't make, make sense. sense. Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. It has, it's nothing personal, man. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't understand that because think about this. Everybody that's super successful, think about this, BB. You've been around, you've been around a lot of people. Everybody you know that's super successful, they got a different kind of selfishness about it. Think true. about it. Yeah. You gotta be a little, you gotta have a little bit of selfishness and dickhead in you yeah. in order to be freaking successful. Yeah, you can't be everybody's friend. You can't. Yeah. You can't be everybody's friend. No, you could be, listen, let me tell you something, man. You can have a business and have an employee that'll suck you dry. Yeah. You could be a manager of an artist yeah. that ain't doing nothing that'll suck you dry. Yeah. You can have a woman that you love to death that'll suck you dry. Yeah. That's all business. Yeah. You gotta have a cutoff point. Yeah. That's what I would tell the 18 year old big No, definitely, definitely, man. Lip, man, thank you so much, man, thank you, for bro. your time today, man. It. Your beautiful place. Success, man. So many celebs, so many people came through today, and this ain't even your grand opening. Yet. I know, so man. I, I can imagine man, this the support that you're going to get. So, Big Lip, tell everybody how they can find you and they can find the Crazy Vegan. All right, so let's check it out. You can find the Crazy Vegan. Uh, first of all, social media at the Crazy Vegan on Instagram and on uh, Facebook. Uh, also, if you ever want to call a restaurant, it's easy. 30547 crazy with a K. That's crazy with a K. Alright, also you can follow me at Big Lip M-I-A B-I-G-L-I-P-M-I-A on Instagram. Definitely tune in, Big Lip. Shout out to Michelle B. Russian. You know yeah, my you sister out. from another mister. Tell tell them about your um catch you on Hot 105. Yeah, what? catch you on Hot 105 each and every day, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 o'clock. Alright? 3 to 7 o'clock, hot 105. You got it. Definitely. All right. Thank you again, my brother. My brother, thank you. All right. We out, man.